Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Minute 14 of Fantastic Minute, the show where we talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreau, and I am a film fan. My name is Condra Boudreau. I am sleepy, but still a fan of this movie. <laughs> and so it begins. This is Minute 14 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Minute 14 begins with Mr. Fox telling Kylie to take off his bandit hat, don't wear it around the house, and it ends with Christopherson crying under a table. Sad. All right, we should probably break it first yeah. section and then second section like we had to do last time. Interestingly, there are only three shots in this minute. There's One. Mr. Fox and Kylie. Mr. Fox. Close up of Mr. Fox saying, and so it begins. And then the just bedroom. a single shot of Ash's bedroom. Yeah. We say shot, even though stop motion animation doesn't really work like that, but... Uh, scene? Yeah, like camera, camera angles. angles. Yeah. Yeah. And so we start with Mr. Fox telling Kylie to take off the bandit hat and don't wear it around the house. Which doesn't make sense to me because shouldn't he just take the bandit hat back? No, I think the implication is that if Mrs. Fox were to find that somewhere in the house, Mr. Fox would get into trouble. But if Kylie has it, Mrs. Fox can't control Kylie's actions. So he's just getting Kylie all ready for whatever's coming next. How many bandit hats did Mr. Fox buy? This is unclear, but we know at least three from later in the movie, but we'll pause on that. And that's pretty much it. For that, yes. Yeah, Mr. Fox says, and so it begins, which is a very interesting thing, and it feels like there should be a chapter title right after he says that. Yes, it's a very abrupt break, and the mood really changes from this kind of conspiratorial, like, kind of all the suave and, like... Well, he was existential in the last minute. Yes, but it's very... It's a very sharp contrast between this pair of male figures in the film than what it goes to next. Ash and Christopherson, yeah. where they're having a very childish fight. It's a very stark contrast. Yeah. Mr. Fox has a plan, and he's ready ready to start this plan right now. And Ash has a plan, too, but it's a little, low, lower, little lower on the scale. It's a little crueler. All right. Just one thing before we move on from Kylie. I like animation of Kylie taking off the bandit hat just because it's like a cool thing to look at oh yeah absolutely um it's really in those small details in those fine moments where there's a yeah. lot of movement and like really refined movement that you really get yeah. to appreciate what stop motion can yeah, do something like clothes is always interesting yeah clothes Especially water when it's not stiff it's like moving yes yeah definitely and we cut to ash's bedroom which is nice and bright and um, adorned with a lot of Posters. Flying things. It's a very aerial. You have white, the white cape posters, which are fantastic. Um, His comic book idol, superhero fan. Presumably who he is dressing after throughout the film when he he wears his own cape. Um, It also, there's a helicopter, which maybe that's suggesting a helicopter later. Like, this is a model of what would be used later. I'm not sure on that. There's a window that has fake-looking exterior outside of it. Yeah, which is truly great, especially because the sky is pretty light out there. And, like, they are going to bed. Like, it is dark in that room when he shuts that light off on Christopherson. Ash also has this uh, thing to turn his light off. Right above his bed. Which would be sweet in any circumstance. Yeah, like, so that is the an, dream. He's on, like, an elevated bed. Like what, he's a like, loft. Yeah, it's like a loft, a loft like, the top of a bunk bed, except there's no bottom. Um, he's also got the little plant, like, solar system um, that's super cute what? and has 
I think has all. I think it has nine planets. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ah, eight potentially. Who cares about Pluto? I do. Excuse <laughs> you. And yeah, no. The thing with the light switch is it's right above his loft. So when he wants to go to sleep, he just so and then the light turns off and he can go to sleep. He doesn't have to like get up and turn the light off and climb back up in the dark. Yeah, which I mean is a good safety thing. But can. We start talking about Christofferson and never stop talking about Christofferson. I mean, okay. We finally hear Christofferson speak some words that aren't part of a meditation. Huzzah! Huzzah, yes. And he has got a delightful voice. It's very soft and calm. and He's very... It matches the, his personality thus far. Yes. And speaking of his voice, the voice actor for Christofferson is none other than Eric Chase Anderson, brother of director Wes Anderson. Wow, you're he saying plays, the bro- the brother-like character in this film is played by the brother? Well, he's his cousin. But they end up they end up being more. They're bros. Yeah. It's basically Eric Anderson, also in Moonrise Kingdom, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, Royal Tenenbaums, and Rushmore. All other Wes Anderson projects, presumably just as like minor characters, just hopping in when his brother needed him. I don't know if he does anything like in real life as like a like a job or if he just hangs out with his brother but uh after reading a little bit in the making of book it sounded like eric was on for some special special sound effects kind of some nature effects and then he just was filling in for christopherson actor to be named later and then they kind of liked him as the voice so he just stuck around doing it which i think is a cool way to do it especially as a pretty major character like christopherson absolutely and i mean Christofferson is a huge emotional what's the word um, no uh, like a catalyst he's a huge this is kind of how Ash changes it's kind of how uh, Mr. Fox changes I mean Felicity's always she stays pretty constant throughout but the two like major emotional conflicts in the like characters that have emotional conflicts Christofferson runs a lot of their change. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's dealing with a lot. Absolutely. And, yeah, we don't we don't really see his emotional, his status until this minute. Yes. Where he crawls under Ash's train table and cries. Which is the saddest little thing yeah. ever because it really, like, yes, he's bigger and yes, they're foxes, but it gives such a sense of how young he is. Yeah. Like... It's okay that the nine, ten fox-year-old little fox can cry. It's okay. Yeah. And, and Ash is being pretty mean to him. So. Oh my god, Ash is horrible. Ash is so rude, and he's just yelling. And well, he's had it up to here with the sad house guest routine. But he is sad. Like he's been, he probably well, no, has never been away from home before. Like that's a and he traveled alone. And his yeah. father's really, really sick. Like, that's all really he's scary. He's like, an apathetic uncle. And, like, yeah. yeah. And an aunt who's pretty distant, it seems. Like, nothing wrong with Felicity, but she's not super... Foxes aren't necessarily caring. In a... Yeah, we haven't really seen Felicity, like, do a lot of parenting other than that moment with Ash earlier. But yeah. But she hasn't done a lot of, like, caring. Yeah, she's not been a gentle parent, necessarily. Yeah. Which isn't to say that she isn't. It just means we haven't seen it. Yeah. But just... Christofferson is not asking anything unreasonable, asking yeah. to move his bed from under the table when there's this entire room that yeah. has floor space. Like, if well, I don't see why he doesn't just take it out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he is very respectful and polite, and like, 
Yeah, and that's that's what's great about Christopherson is he's so sweet, and you just feel so bad for him. And I love him. <laughs> he's so precious. But no, it's a very Ash is just in well, he's every. Jealous. He's very jealous, and like it's very interesting his positioning. He's like holding a higher higher ground, both literally and phys- physically or figuratively, in this moment where he's yelling at him because he's elevated and Christofferson has to look up but if you notice Christofferson actually looks down and kind of hangs his head in quasi shame which it's like there's nothing to be shameful well, about. Well the thing but... with Ash having the higher ground is it's it's a false higher ground. Yes. And I'm sure this wasn't this wasn't entirely thought out but him having a loft is kind of this interesting thing because he's higher but for no reason he just is there because it's cool. And that's kind of what he's doing in the scene. He's he's taking the higher ground because he's saying, well, I'm here in this loft and I'm deciding to be higher than you, so I just am. And I think, of- well, to talk a little bit more about the loft itself, this loft is designed after um, something in Roald Dahl's house, a caravan in Roald Dahl's house. So I think... You mean Roald Dahl? Oh, sorry, Roald Dahl. <laughs> oh, man. So this... Design is supposed to pay homage, but I think elevating... I think there is some intentionality behind so throwing him... Out, especially between the I've had it up to here line. Yeah. It's really, like, very high. Yeah, and it's like, do you mean just, like, only, like, a little bit above your... Like, near your head, like, your body height? Or, like, are you talking about all, presumably, yeah. six, seven feet yeah. that you're motioning to? And it's just... It's very disheartening that... I mean, it it just shows cre- it gives credence to such wonderful script writing and storytelling that you can be so frustrated with Ash and feel so sympathetic for Christofferson. And we've known Christofferson for all of four minutes at this point. We really don't know him at all, but you just see him crying under that table, and your heart breaks for him because he's such a different character than anyone else that we've already met. Also. I don't know if this was intentional, that they did this on purpose kind of thing, but Christofferson wears his shoes when he lays down. So he's wearing his shoes the entire... He's got these nice little yellow loafer kind of deals. They're pretty snazzy. And he walks when he gives up on on trying to ask Ash to lay down, to lay in a different spot. And he ends up wearing his shoes while he's crying in, in, in his little bed. It's quite sad. It is. Um, um, the lighting in the the bedroom scene is pretty cool too. When yeah, when Ash shuts when Ash shuts the light off. Yeah, because there's the like the light on the solar system or something. Yeah, like Yeah, it's right around it. Whether it's a light in the background or well, no, it the is the sun. Is oh, that's really neat. And then um, there's a little light in the background too. That and Ash's flashlight. Yeah, he looks at Christopherson because he's crying. Yeah. And the thing with Christopherson is crying is very subtle. It's not yeah. like he's sobbing. He's just like. He's trying to, like, hold it in and yeah. keep it to himself. Yeah, that way Ash isn't as mean to him yeah, because I, that would give Ash more reason to yell at him. And I, I love where the scene goes, but I obviously Yeah, can't. no. No spoilers. Save it. No, the the concept art for Ash's bedroom is nearly spot on. Very good it's, little boy's room. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's very much fantasy and science and like toys as, as cinema sins would put it there's an orgy of evidence that this yes is a little boy's room yes wow giving credence to cinema sins why would i do that i know 
Um, no, it's a really, it's a quite a dynamic scene for it being something so simple in just one, yeah. one, one frame. Yeah, one frame, and you have kind of this dis- disparate positioning between the two. Yeah, and you have Christopherson moving between, moving throughout the this, the frame. Yeah, and then just with the shot of Christopherson on the very bottom at the end, and, and Ash all the way the at the top, and even him peering down. Yeah. Like when he turns his flashlight on to look down at him. Yeah. It's very... It's lots of symbolism. Yeah. it's It means a lot, and we'll get there. And uh, One bone to pick with this scene that's <gasps> always thrown me off. Yes. Christopherson asks if he can move his uh, bedroll from out under the train table because it's hard for him to sleep in that corkscrew position. I've The corkscrew line has always confused me because... He's lying flat on his back. He's lying flat on his back under the table. The table doesn't appear to have any, like weird design to it or like I or like weird place of the legs so would that he would say have to sleep weird maybe just because his nose is touching the top of like we're looking at so yeah, we're looking at this still right now kind of thing for our for our listeners his nose is touching the top of the table as we speak and maybe he's someone that needs to sleep on his side or something or this nose position like his whiskers would then be bristling and that would be a lot of yeah, sensory input certainly but it's not the um, corkscrew thing so he's maybe having to like maybe he's already laid down at this point and he's found he had to turn his head on his side but his back needed to be back a bit and his legs were in a position that was not necessarily comfortable for him and created a quote unquote corkscrew position otherwise i love this scene yes before we wrap up this minute i do want to talk about the song oh yes yes buckeye jim's playing in the background yes uh done this version done by burl ives this whole song actually has quite an interesting little history because no one knows when it first came into being so this song came off of burl ives compilation kind of album where he sang folk children songs um, in 1959 called Burl Ives Sings Little White Duck and Other Children's Favorites, which included a variety of folksy kind of songs. Yeah, no. We, a little yeah. engine that could, uh, Froggy Win a Court in, that kind of yeah, stuff. Picture, yeah. But this song, no one really knows where it came from. It is fairly comparable to a song called Limber Jim, but Limber Jim is a much darker tone. Um, yeah, the story's similar. Yeah, similar, but um, Limber Jim is a little darker, and it seems like Buckeye Jim is a softer version, but when you actually like read the lyrics, this is something that could have come out of, like, a, what is that, Uncle Lester? Is it Uncle Lester? No, Lester's the... Uncle Remus? Uncle Remus, kind of, where it's a... It could be a worker or a slave, like, lamenting his position where he can't leave and he just has to work. Especially if the name is Jim. Yes. There might be some deeper meaning. Yes. Um, My only question is, is Ash listening to this song? Well, to presume that Ash is listening to this music on, like, radio or something. Ash very well could be. I think it's very possible. But... Did, did it matter, like, is this just a choice that they put in this song because they, like, wanted another Bro Live song I don't in there? Or is this a specific choice, like, no, this is the music Ash is listening to? So I think the, it's just random. That's I why. think it's pretty random, um, but I think the song is very intentional in balancing the other Bro Live song, which is Fubu Wuba John. Yeah. Um, which is another very strange folk song. Yeah. And I think the folkiness of them really match what the tone of the, the, tone tone of the, of the movie, movie yeah. definitely. Yeah, 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 and totally. they go for that folk, but also that kind of dark and 
what is this? Yeah, it's silly, a, but silly, but also folksy. scary. Yeah, in the way that like songs of the south, or even like splash. Let's not talk about song of the south. <laughs> well, all right. So Splash Mountain. Then I'm gonna go Splash Mountain. That song, that ride is both silly and scary all at the same time. Yeah. But it's based off of traditional folk tales like Uncle Remus that are like these characters very well could be out of Uncle Remus like totally they are very similar to Rare Fox yeah yeah critters yeah so I mean there's something there to it and I think this song is intentional in that it has both very dark lines and very silly lines that are paired usually right next to each other in the way we have scenes where there's very nefarious stuff about to happening like mr fox preparing to do something that needs bandit hats and ash whining about christopherson wanting to not sleep under a train table which i think are very they they balance well in the scheme of it but it's it is interesting that it's only playing in ash's room this song yes i i haven't seen anything on why that's the case they chose that for that i think they just wanted some background music Absolutely, but something lyrical as opposed to... I, I, I'm not going to look into it that much. Well, the last scene didn't have lyrics. It had just score. Yeah. I think there's something behind it, but I don't I don't know what it... Just because that song is so mysterious in general, like, I couldn't pin down. There are a bunch of famous covers of that where they tone it down even more and they make it even more cheery and less dark. Um, so there's no woman there's no woman dying of the whooping cough the way there is in this actually in this scene you hear that line which is probably one of the darkest lines in the whole the whole song and on that note (laughs) on dying of whooping cough let's call it a day Alrighty. this has been fantastic minute i've been tyler bedreau and i've been contra we hope you follow us on twitter at amateur nerds and we hope you join us next time for minute 15 of fantastic mr fox Tell your friends. Tell, tell your, your friends, neighbors. Tell your family. We hope you have a fantastic day. Fantastic.